Borak Dog Earthlets. My name is Conrad, and this is the 219th episode of Space Spinner 2000 podcast. We're two, we, oh my gosh, a podcast where we try to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This episode, we're taking a break from the weekly progs and once again venturing into the exciting world of special editions. In this case, the 1990 Judge Dredd Mega Special. The third Dread Solo special with three brand new stories, all written by Alan Grant, and frankly, terrifying amounts of filler. The <laughs> price of this special is 95 pence, 15 pence up from last year. But more important than that is my guest for this episode, Alex of the Heroes of 2000 AD blog. Welcome back to the show. Borak Dan, comrades. Glad to be back. Fantastic. Happy to have you here, of course. Um, so how have things, since we've talked to you, how have things been going with the hall? Uh, they've been going nowhere is the short oh, answer. Oh, no. Uh, I've been really letting it slide and, you know, your your work rate puts me to huge shame. I have got some new entries kind of ready, but I wanted to get a few more because clearly the trick to this kind of weekly onslaught is to have lots of stuff in the can so that you can release it rather than kind of frantically playing catch up. Oh, I can't. I yeah, can't yeah. stress enough. Like when I started my <laughs> my podcast career, I would record the show and then edit it right afterwards and then release it. And I almost died one night. Like I was up to like, <laughs> like the sun was rising right. as I pressed that upload button. And after that, I was like, no more. We're going <laughs> to we're gonna get a backlog. Or we're just going to sit on that, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Thug in 1990 could have learned that lesson as well, frankly. Very much. Yeah. Well, I, I think he's learning that lesson. Lesson, which is how we get like five years of like Michael Fleischer uh, uh, scripts yes, and stuff. That's true. <laughs> it's, the, it's the lesson of '88 to '89, sort of being being taken too much mm. to heart. I think. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, I am I am still kind of writing entries, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get back to it. I'm gonna power through for like another few months. That's excellent. Because eventually yeah. it must end. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at some point, I guess all the heroes of 2080 will be chronicled. But I must say, we've talked about this before, but I found your blog to be an, an, an immense help in just figuring out sometimes who these creators are and stuff, as often they don't have the hugest of, uh, of, of, of web presences and stuff. Yeah, yeah. If they haven't made it in the States, then they don't seem to get the following online that they should. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, yeah, like, yeah. I know I've, I've really enjoyed some of your in-depth articles, especially about, yeah, about some of the, uh, like, I don't know, maybe... Met, more Mediterranean artists of 2000 AD, I guess. <laughs> sure. The folks who don't make that, who who who, who didn't really make that jump. Um, mm. I think it's really, um, yeah, again, a valuable resource for sure. So, okay, so let's talk about this special, by gosh. Yeah. So did you uh, have this special, special, this 1990 yes, special? Oh, that's awesome. I still have it. It's like the staples have fallen off in true comic that you bought when you were 12 fashion um and i remember buying this for myself so i grew up like reading my big brother's sort of progs um mm -hmm. and this i think was the first time i thought i've got a pound pocket money i can buy this for 95p and get some change um, <laughs> and i'm pretty sure that i would have picked it off the shelf because it had a carry-on themed story and i was quite into watching carry-on films and we'll get into that in a minute i expect absolutely um, um, but yeah, and like 1990 was about the year when I kind of slightly started putting away the, you know, the sort of more young children's comics like Beano and got going in like, yeah, Judge Dredd, shooting people, endless quips. This is my thing now. Um, <laughs> so this is kind of like, this is almost the start of a kind of a, you know, the rest of my life, you could say. And it's, it's not the best special for it to be true of, but it just goes to prove the point that it doesn't almost matter whether a comic is amazing or not. You can still get seduced by it. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it, we are like like it. It is an interesting thing with these anthology comics that you really like like one or two things is real can be enough to hook a kid. I think to or mm. a a reader to really just just get into something, even if it's not like I don't know overall yeah. top quality. Mm. You know, it, it it's better when it's overall top when it's overall. Yeah, yeah, great, of is. course. And to be fair, in the prog at about this time, it was kind of Necropolis, wasn't it? And that was yes. something that I was really like week by week could not wait for the next installment of that that's that's kind of top comics yeah absolutely yeah yeah as we're as we're coming in here we've just finished Prague uh 675 so we're sort of two issues into necropolis um right okay just started armored gideon and the harlem heroes reboot uh and yeah. this, this story called shadows as well as a universal soldier mm. 2 oh yeah 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 and i'm very much I'm, when i was reading the prog at the time I was like, yeah, Harlem Heroes, this is awesome. This is kind of edgy and kind of cool. <laughs> and yeah, Grown Up Me maybe doesn't share that opinion. But I mean, you know, I, I think there's, we should give the editor, like, Thar gets a bit of slack because he was thinking there are still 12 year olds out there who want to buy this comic. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would, wanna, like, listen, I'm not going to lie. As we're recording this, I'm giving Harlem Heroes a very hard time in our, <laughs> in our recaps. I don't, they, they haven't come out yet as we're recording this. Yeah. I listen, but I do agree that this is very much, it very much feels like this. <laughs> Is an attempt to be edgy for twelve-year-olds, yeah, <laughs> sort of. for better or for worse. As the new Hall of Heroes rolls on, you know. Oh, and it will roll on and on and on. Just you In, wait. Indeed, yeah, you know, <laughs> exciting times for sure. <laughs> but let's uh, let's jump into the special here. Mm. We've got uh, a great Richard Dolan painting on the cover here. He did that beach cover for the '89 sci-fi special and one or two other uh, covers. In, uh, mm, in, in yeah, the, yeah, he's kind of a stuff. covers man, I think. Yeah, I, you know, mostly. He, yeah, he had like one series, maybe. Yeah, the uh, the the travels with my shrink, uh, mm. uh, a mean machine story, I believe, is his one. Yeah, yeah, and it's a good one, but um, I guess he probably great, takes a while. Yeah, I mean, this painted this a, style, yeah. I think, takes mm. takes quite must take quite a bit of time, just based on the output we see for it. I think he might yeah. have been American, also. I think, which might have also added to things, but I forget. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. e e exactly. Mm. Um, um, it's very shiny anyway. Oh, X, yeah. No, I, I like it a lot. Just this dread riding towards the camera as mm. guns sort of and grenades are flying towards him. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. Taking some battle damage like his, his, his elbow pad's been blown off and stuff. Yes. Good time. He's not going to – yeah, yeah. So many bullets flying towards him, none of them hitting him. It's amazing. <laughs> no, that's how you do it. You know, that's how you stay yeah. around. You just dodge those bullets, I guess. Um, <laughs> then on the inside cover, we got a John Higgins dread arresting a dude with like a, a, a like some cyber modifications and an, uh, yeah, a, a yeah. necklace it's of like eyeballs. What do you call it? A Cenobite, a Hellraiser dude. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's got that. Uh, yeah, like because he's just all bald and burned. He's got a nose plate, a lot of missing teeth. Yeah, yeah, Good and stuff. a chain. <laughs> Yeah, you dread um, and there's a Nosferatu no. hiding in the background. Just like, don't mind me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's 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 all this stuff in the yeah. There's the oh yeah yeah, yeah the, the Nosferatu of a writer's name and blood fame. I didn't even yeah. notice that before. I saw <laughs> no, I just saw him now. Yeah, <laughs> I saw this guy in the background getting tossed out the window and someone else being stuck up, sort of mm. in neighboring city blocks. And I was like, oh mm. man, like that's something. and Dread just looks kind of happy. He's like, yes, this is my city. I love my job. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just on to the next one, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of the first in a series, I guess, let's Ooh. get started with Thrill One, Carry On Judging. Oh, that is, yeah. If 
that this is the one time when you kind of need the exact opposite kind of deep-throated voice for this one. I mean... <laughs> Ooh, carry on judging. Oh, indeed. Yeah, cooey. Uh, Scream for about Alan Grant, Art about Cliff Robinson, later about Tom Frame. All right. So you've told me that <laughs> this comic is based on the British film series called Carry On, which I was not aware of previously. This is oh, the shame. This is our great national heritage. How could I mean, no one know of it? Very like, very like, um, like, like, like American being tossed into uh, into deep English stuff here. <laughs> oh, so so English. And uh, so, yeah, I was very, I was all over. These were shown on TV all the time. So, yeah, in 1990, I was watching lots of these. I don't think I've seen all of them, but I've seen a lot. Well, it and seems like there are a lot. Times. Yeah, like I, yeah, I, I think they were I, making like two a year at one point somehow. That's crazy. I mean, there's I insatiable looked up. Appetite. Yeah, there's mm. there's, there, there's thirty of these movies from Carry On Sergeant to Carry On Columbus. It's got mm. the, the most films of any British uh, film series. <laughs> I th- we we talked about this before the show, but how it's got more more films than James Bond, though James Bond has been around for longer as a film series. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess the nearest thing for an American might be like if they made 30 Police Academy movies, but each time it stopped, it wasn't always police. Sometimes they were like doctors and sometimes they right. were cab drivers or whatever. But it's it's that's the sort of kind of comedy you want to be thinking about, like, you know, talking about boobs, but not actually showing them, um, doing racist accents whenever possible and falling over a lot and squirting ketchup everywhere. Definitely, yeah. It feels it feels a lot like like also. Um, I guess when, when, when somehow I haven't seen this, but I have seen Benny Hill because it was on um, like the Comedy Channel when I was a mm. kid or something. But a similar sort of like I don't know, like like body slapstick. Is how I yes, think. yeah, yeah. Benny Hill is is the same vibe, definitely. Just a, um, like a lot of like here's some old guys doing puns, and then periodically a lady in a bikini walks by or something like yes. that. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean a lot of also to be fair like the main cast who appear in almost all of them together are just very good at putting on funny voices and they you know it's kind of weirdly famous that probably the two of the leads were like two of the campus men that have ever kind of trod the stage (laughs) and they were always playing randy straight men and it never quite made sense like young me kind of knew there was something up but didn't really know what was going on That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's it's such a like like I watched maybe like a quarter of of Carry On Camping, which you suggested to me. Um, That's probably the kind of like the poster child for it. Certainly, it's the one where the kind of oh, you've ripped my clothes off, and now you can almost see my boobs. See right. happens. <laughs> yeah, and so I'm just very like it's it like I'm just like um, I'm I'm doing a bunch of stuff, but I'm, it's something I want to jump into just because I feel like this, like when I kind of realized what was going on with like coronation street or something feels mm. like one of these skeleton keys to getting these jokes that sell <laughs> up throughout yes throughout you might need like a, stuff you'd need to have like a dvd with like a roving glossary so that every other line that someone says they explain like what that slang for or... yeah very very uh oscar wilde uh, uh uh two nations divided by a common language sort of stuff yeah. going on here for sure <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's get to this thing. Yes, yeah. There's actually a story here somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I like that it opens with a cover page that seems very similar to the uh, just to the 
to the movie posters for all these films. Like it seems like every carry on movie has one of these, like, like a, uh, a drawn poster that has very like detailed caricatures of these actors that show up in all the different movies and stuff. And this one had where sort of every joke in the movie takes place in one, in one page, yes. in one yeah, picture, yeah, yeah. you know, See, you know what you're getting. Yeah. <laughs> and that's very much what we've got here. Yeah. But then we jump in and we see a uh, a two headed uh, a two headed mutant who I believe is based on uh, Bernard Breslau and Charles Hawtrey. I think that's right. Yeah, so Bernard Breslau is like the tall one, and he's he's always plays kind of like quite nice, slightly dim characters. And Charles Hawtrey is one of the super camp guys who, in this version, is playing a very disapproving man. But normally he's the Randy bastard, frankly. So he's playing against type for this episode. <laughs> you can see his glasses more than anything else. But he's yeah. <laughs> he's tunneled his way into Mega City One from the cursed Earth, ready to start a new life in the big city. Meanwhile, two judges start talking suggestively, but it turns out to be judges Nudge Wink and Bristol. With the yeah. one's definitely uh, Sid James from the movie. yeah Sid James is is Judge Nudgewink and Nudgewink of course is from Monty Python's Nudge Nudge yeah. Wink Wink a, Say No More Sid Cinema yeah that, a, I know a, that one a. and uh, <laughs> uh, Bristol is um, by the way Bristol is a br- rhyming slang uh, for Bristol and West Building Society which rhymes with chest and that's Barbara Windsor who's still a national treasure in Britain. Um, I forgot about the but, rhyming slang. Yeah, you've got to remember the oh rhyming slang. Oh, my God. So yeah, yeah. It's just another uh, basement. I don't. It's, <laughs> like, it's like opening drawers and suddenly there's a drawer inside the drawer. Just what's going that's on right. with this stuff. And also Barbara Windsor, just to add to your misery, she is more famous these days for uh, once she finished and carry on films. She later on was a regular player in the, TV soap EastEnders and like Coronation Street was kind of big in the 70s 80s and EastEnders kind of took over in the 80s 90s as like the go-to soap Right. So you're going to have to learn a whole nother program's worth of characters. I know, yeah, I've, I'm, I'm kind of familiar with that evolution. And then I know Neighbours, which is Australian, is 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 in the mix there yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's so much. It's a whole other culture of trying to like just way behind. Um, but so they're talking suggestively, but it turns out that they're just getting hotties from a, from a hottie stand. Um, mm-hmm. A call comes in from Control about those mutants. They go to investigate, but of course, as they go, um, Nudge uh, 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 Bristol's uniform gets caught in Nudge Wink's uh, Law of Master, and she gets stripped down to her underwear. Obviously, obviously, obviously. <laughs> that's why we're here. Yeah. At the same time, the mutants find a burglar who I believe is based on uh, Kenneth Williams. Um, yes. Yeah. Stuck trying to escape from a robbery, he's sort of like stuck on a wall doing I, what. Uh, what I've learned again are these Eastenders uh, sounds like cooey. I'm stuck. Yeah. He's got a very. Um, his voice is is one of the most distinctive and extraordinary things. Um, so yeah, if you ever heard a recording of him speaking, it will bring this to life for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even just looking at pictures, like Cliff Robinson really like is doing these uh, faces that he does a lot. It seems like. Yeah, um, he does. He's doing a good job actually of the caricatures, like. Um, he uh, yeah, he put some effort in, and it shows. Definitely, but he's caught trying to escape from like a burglary, and the mutants help him down and ask for directions. And he freaks out because the mutants and so forth. Um, meanwhile, we, and so they end up at a, at a Madame Iggy's. Yeah, I don't get the reference for that name, Madame Iggy's Funhouse. Is beyond me, but the the lady herself, I think, is Joan Sims' face on Hattie Jake's body. 
for, for Carry On fans. Ah. <laughs> and why they've mixed the two together, I'm not sure. But because um, they were both kind of sort of pretty regular. But I guess yeah. they didn't have room for two characters, so they just merged them. <laughs> no, they're running out. They got to get as much, yeah. as much as they can here. Um, <laughs> but so this seems to be a safe house for mutants and lets them in pl- 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 mm. slash possibly a, a house of ill repute. It's hard to tell. Um, yeah. <laughs> The judges spend some more time bantering. They miss the burglar mm. kind of getting away as they go. Uh, you know, <laughs> some some boob action going on here. Good times. Oh, yeah, yeah. Your feet, Bristol. Pick up your feet. <laughs> and um, meanwhile, uh, Iggy showed the mutants down a, 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 a long haul of joke books, like a big library mm. of joke books, basically. Yes. <laughs> uh, Schoolboy jokes, animal jokes, etc. Um when the judges burst in and oh it's the standard thing where they you know go to arrest them and then there's tripping and you know there's a bum shot and all the all the bookcases mm. fall over and just all this it's just just a general slapstick mess here <laughs> yeah yeah it's the sort of film where you know not in a library but it would descend into a food fight before the final act oh uh, yeah gotta Quite get that often. yeah <laughs> well gotta get those with that pie, yeah. you know absolutely <laughs> <laughs> But then, oh, this whole thing is a movie and the lights go up and it's the judges. Oh, no. It's the real judges. Dredd and Anderson and all these guys, they're all here. And this is a banned movie imported from Britsit. Oh, geez. But it shouldn't be banned. There's nothing bad in it. It's harmless fun. Nah. Says says one patron. And, and he Anderson gets the then down. shows up and just like goes, what? I guess they'd say like women's lib on her here. On her yeah. here's the Bulgarian stereotyping, making mock of the judge system, plus <laughs> the smut innuendo and outright rampant sexism. <laughs> and this is, of course, exactly what people were saying about carry-on films in the real world, probably at the time they were in the cinema, but certainly in, in the early 90s. People would say, you can't watch this anymore. It's disgraceful. <laughs> uh, whilst still showing it on TV and getting all that advertising money. I mean, you know, it's good to good to carry these both in your mind, I think. It's very important. I yeah. mean, like it does remind me a lot of the – I mean similar discussion about I, I feel like the uh, the big comedy films of, of my own youth like Revenge of the Nerds or something like that. Yeah. Where in retrospect, this movie may be – Fairly problematic, you know. Yeah, yeah. Else. <laughs> uh, definitely for boys. And yeah, not thinking much of girls. <laughs> definitely. Um, so one moviegoer tries to fight back, and Anderson just takes him out within a slapstick style, actually, and with yeah, yeah. these noises like "ooh, uh, saucy," as she dumps like uh, hottie sauce on his head and stuff. Yeah, and you got to appreciate like. Cliff Robinson is, I think, one of my favorite artists for drawing like gooey liquids pouring on people. Like he's something, he does something really special with it. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't <laughs> thought about it. I'll, I'll buy it. I mean, what I like about Cliff, like Cliff Robinson's one of these guys who I think does a really great, who does a really great job of blending his realistic style with this more comedic and like off, off the wall stuff. I think. Yeah, yeah. Like especially um, in, his, in his work, we get it. Like. I, I think he like he's the one who I think after Ron Smith was brought in to draw uglies and stuff, and I think that he, it, it really works for him in a way that I think maybe other folks with with, with a realistic style might might struggle with. with yeah, he with does some pretty those. gnarly mutants, and he's I think he did all the simp stories so far, where they're kind of you know, dressed yeah. in ridiculous outfits, and he he nails that. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
Yeah, but so they all, so this guy gets hot, he sauce on him, everybody's led away to a catch wagon, and the cinema's closed by order of the Justice Department. Dredd's like, all right, we're moving on, take care of these guys for everyone else. Carry on judging. The end. <laughs> the end. <laughs> and it, yeah, it's a classic Alan Grant story of the judges are the bad guys, and they're so bad that they, they won't let people watch silly films. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a very. It is a very like like what like what's what's so bad? Come on, She's just like no, get out of here. No. Stop having fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's a running theme for this special. No fun. That's true. Actually, I just yeah. yeah, you're right. It's just a, the judges <laughs> spoiling everybody's good time. Ridiculous. <laughs> but speaking of spoiling a good time, <laughs> let's go on to thrill to. Time in Magazine, Street Slang, and the Road to Necropolis. <laughs> oh, this is this is a, a lot of filler. De- yeah, I mean, I do like – so we start with this um, Time in Magazine, which is a uh, – which start, which opens with a cover that's a very nice uh, Song of the Surfer, Era Chopper by Ron Smith, which I think is really yeah. nice. Um, With giant knee pads in place. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, that's such a key part of that. Like like the hair and the knee pads are such a mm. big part of this era of Chopper. That's cool that that that, that, that Ron Smith has, has incorporated them. You know, he because he drew um, Un-American Graffiti, which is sort of the first appearance of Chopper. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. it's neat him. to see him come back and sort of do this Colin Mc, like his version of the Colin McNeil store um, um, chopper, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in fact, like as a magazine cover, it's quite fun. Um, the idea that there might be like a magazine for IsoCube inmates to to look I mean, at. Yeah, and the- they they do this. I don't, you, I don't know if you started your magazine coverage yet, but the early magazines have a similar kind of like what would what would a magazine be like for Mega City One? We're still and a little ways away, but yeah, it's definitely yeah. yeah those so sections they have are that, and the neat. covers are quite fun, but then when they actually try to produce what the insides might be, it sort of falls apart a bit because you realise they're not really making a magazine; they're just putting something on a filler. <laughs> yeah, I mean <laughs> that is the challenge for sure. Yeah, but like you said, this <laughs> whole thing, like Time In, it's the magazine for IsoCube Society, sort of a takeoff mm. of of the Time Out magazines, like Time Out London or whatever. These sort of right, yeah, yeah. This uh, this franchise of magazines for various global cities, and it's very much yeah, just a filler recap of the uh, of the life and times of Marlon Chopper Shakespeare, basically. Mm. And it turns out it's more fun to read the comics about him than to read a paragraph summarizing those comics. I mean, this is very much why I why we did the uh, the Judge Dread pro- the uh, the. The primers for the magazine, as opposed to just having a peer, like just getting to the start of each magazine and me sort of talking to Eli for five minutes about what the history of, <laughs> yeah, of yeah. this story was or something <laughs> like that, you know, like trying to trying to keep things at least vaguely interesting and comics based as opposed to just sort of a dry summer s- summation, you know? Yeah. But this one ends with um, sort of in the run up to Super uh, 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 Super Surfer Eleven, so the the brutality of that contest has not quite shown up yet. Yeah, yeah. So it's it feels like it's meant to be read by people who won't have seen Song of the Surfer yet. But it was this magazine was published after that had already run in the progs. So oh, absolutely. I'm not yeah. quite sure how you were supposed to get hold of it, but it's ve- well, it's it's very <laughs> weird because it's got the end of like it 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 ends with the. Before Song of the Surfers started, and like on the dawn of Necropolis as well, so it's very mm, like yeah. 
like not yeah. clear what what time stream it wants to be. But so this takes us to this street slang um section. Mm. And uh, oh, yeah. like oh, yeah. it's fine. How many? Six pages. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but Six it's... pages, and like, there's quite a lot of like art. Like, just they've taken panels out of old Judge Dredd stories, and they're really nice. But then it's just an A to Z of like future words. Yeah, yeah, and future, some words, future words, some yeah. places, some other kind mm. of things. Um, but yeah, very. I mean, this is just ultra filler, very much. Which is sort <laughs> it of... is like I have to put together glossaries as part of my day job. Like I write non-fiction books, and that's part of what we have to do and i found this a trial and i have to read this kind of stuff for my job <laughs> <laughs> i mean i th- yeah i mean i'll i'll sort of let, let me go to bat to it brief for it briefly and or yeah. to, 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 to sort of take its, <laughs> take its side all right which mm. is this stuff would be is very helpful in the concept of like if you were putting together a judge dread story bible or something like that like if you want to know, like, all right, here's some words that you could then put together to be like, all right, so like, what what's like a mugging in called in in, uh, in Judge Dredd's world or something, or where's where's some places or something like that? I yeah, mean, yeah, that's fair. Actually, that is fair that you like, can uh, it's a, refer to this. It is kind of a kind of kind of an idea of like you know, here's stuff where if you're new, it might be helpful, or if you're trying to write a Dread story, like maybe you'd want like this stuff could be could could also be mm. sort of a thing that's worth knowing or if you kind of read stuff and you want to like decode it that's also helpful yeah but like i don't know the in general it's just not that great also now that i'm looking at the last page i see that this is a copyright games workshop 1990 which means it isn't even new work this is just like copy uh-huh. from like like a judge dread uh rpg source book, yeah it must probably. be yes that that explains it yeah yeah good spot there so now i'm even more down on it because yeah. this is not even ori- <laughs> it's not even original thriller filler and that's the that's the greatest crime and they didn't even use it they could have at least put in an advert for the game no just whatever just out there living it up i guess <laughs> terrible all right let's go on the last piece here is um it's it's called just like a Justice Department internal report here, but the table of contents calls it uh, Roach Necropolis. And it's, oh, yeah. Or is there a second Roach Necropolis thing that, that that's not in my in my special here? No, no, okay. it's the same because this it, the content fits the the phrase Roach Necropolis. But yeah, I think they've just you know given it two different names by mistake. Yeah. It's it's basically um, supposed to be like. Um, uh, an internal report on the Dread Crack and Bloodline conspiracy to Judge Silver, mm-hmm. basically, and it's sort of interesting because it kind of starts with a very with with a very broad overview of Dread's life, like from birth to Rico to him sort of uh, becoming a big a big celebrity in, in Mega City One, but then dealing with stuff that we've noticed over time, like sort of his his doubts and mm. then his actions in the Revolution storyline, and finally something we've seen recently. The uh, letter from uh, William Wenders that really caused him to question a lot of his um, a lot of his actions and yeah. stuff like that. I mean, the way it's written, it kind of it's quite interesting that it um, that whoever's writing this seems to know a lot more about what was going on than you would imagine anyone actually in the world of Judge Dredd would know, <laughs> unless of course this is proving quite how much the judges kind of spying on each other. I mean, they do definitely like. I just think of like when they did like the the uh, like. When SJS did a crime swoop of dread, it just sort mm. of like 
as part of regular routine and stuff like that. Like it does seem like that they, they do a lot, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they, they, yeah. But that leads, They're not nice guys. No, no, of course not. Absolutely. <laughs> it's very, that's sort of the, that, that, that's sort of like, I feel like there, there's a point in every, like, I don't know, comic book or maybe superhero fans where you kind of like, Oh, but what if we thought, think about like, what if Batman is, isn't a good guy or, you know, what if like Superman's yeah. actually the villains here? But with, when you're, when, when you're a dread fan, this feels like something that's part of the initial, of like the initial, yeah, kit, yeah. you know, like, exactly. <laughs> Like it, it's um, just, it's just funny when I don't know like I see like on on social media or something where someone just like whoa but like what if dread isn't like all good it's like yeah man like that's the fun <laughs> like you know that's the joke for Reagan yeah, yeah yeah but so that, we also got yeah. um, some Cliff Robinson art showing like a full like a dread like in a in profile what you call it? like a yeah. prisoner video oh, like yeah, a yeah. front on and a sideways one yeah and it's kind of amazing how yeah. kind of like from this the side profile shot he's super kind of slender. And like certainly, as you're reading into the '90s, Dread's gonna like bulk up and bulk up <laughs> from this point. I mean, that's real. That is also, I feel like, the real story of Dread as time goes by. I think, mm. like, just that, like, you know, when we did that uh, Prague wa- or that episode one redo episode, mm. just seeing that like Prague two Dread, who's so who, who's like almost gawky. He's so skinny and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like two now and with a round helmet and everything, and now yeah, it's like kind exactly. Of yeah, yeah. Although I do think Robinson draw, I I think Robinson draws a pretty thin dread, like generally, like mm. he, he draws a thinner, older dread than I think even like than Escara is drawing right now. For instance, there's a little bit of variance in these dread types. Yeah, it's true. But I I agree. He looks real, like especially in these in these side views, like you know. Mm. He's he's almost two D just in terms of his width versus his, his <laughs> yeah. width versus depth or something, um, but it moves on to sort of talk about like you know the the Judda situation and Kraken being uh, uh, captured and then it almost goes and then it goes to sort of like issue by issue almost <laughs> through yeah yeah um, it's just basically spoiling all the kind of best bits of the build up to Necropolis <laughs> yeah definitely like like sort of from six fifty onwards with the the shooting ma- like like when they both do the uh, the trials mm. together. And then when Dredd and uh, does gives Kraken his uh, his evaluation, and then you know mm. Dredd goes on a long walk, and Kraken uh, executes himself, and is then made made Dredd and stuff. Stuff we've just covered on the on on the yeah. live episodes. Okay, yeah, it's very. Um, but like, again, yeah, much more fun to read those comics than to read these. Uh summaries <laughs> absolutely yeah let's take i i, I take a simpson and a scarab version of these mm. anytime over <laughs> being written down yeah. and stuff but it's it's just funny i don't know it's so weird just to see them like i guess maybe the idea is that um you'd read this and have an idea of what's going on as sort of a refresher for if you're looking at if you then go to 2000 ad and you're in the middle of this big mega epic yeah. or something i mean like as that. someone who bought this comic and was only at this time just starting to read 2000 ad uh, sort of weekly i don't think i read this at the time and i didn't care <laughs> <laughs> i mean i guess i mean that's what it is for so many of these tech stories like yeah or text things they're there for you if you want them but yes yeah. But mostly they're just a cheap way to yeah. to get the mostly, staples to fit the comic. Mostly better. to fill pages. Absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but enough of this. Enough of this. Let's enough let's, of this. let's get back to content. All right. Come on. Come on, guys. <laughs> We're doing doing this doing doing a special here. Uh, <laughs> Thrill three beyond the alley of the ultra vixens. 
It's more movie time. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Script robot, uh, Alan Grant, art robot, David Roach, letting about Tom Frame. Yeah. The title comes from the Russ Meyer films, which are written by Roger Ebert, which always gives me a chuckle, but like, mm. uh, either Beyond the Valley of the Dolls or uh, Beneath the Valley of the Ultra Vixens. Like, it's true. Have you seen them? I've seen pieces of them. I, I've actually seen both of them, believe it or not. Ah, excellent. Uh, they're, they're pretty fun. They're, they're nothing to do with this at all, except that, you know, Russ Mayer likes shooting films of ladies wearing not many or no clothes and having fights with each other, which I guess is the theme that Grant was going for. Yeah. I th- uh, but I'd actually recommend them both. They're pretty weird, and there's not much story to either of them. But, it's definitely what I recall, yeah. like, or just from pieces and, 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 what, and what people have talked about, like, definitely <laughs> – Fairly weird, a uh, lot of boobs, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beyond, beyond the Valley of the Ultra Victims is, is pretty much basically softcore porn. Like, there's full-on <laughs> naked people in that one. All right. Um, but it's so weird that it doesn't feel like it's exploiting people because it's just obviously sort of like one man's very strange taste. Right. Very, very specific palette <laughs> that all the colors yeah. are drawn from for that painting. Right. Mm. <laughs> it's interesting. I haven't seen uh, – uh, uh, Roach has done a lot of Anderson, but I haven't really seen him do, do, do any dreads. So this is kind of an interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, he. Do, I, I think I, I don't remember that he did many other dreads at this time. Like he has, like later on, he did a few more dreads. He became like he's. I think okay. even now he might still do the odd one, but yeah, he was Anderson only for a long time, and it kind of shows because even in that first page, you've got four panels, three with a lady kind of running away and looking cool. And she is amazingly well-drawn. And then there's a picture of Dredd and it's slightly awkward. And you can sort of tell that Roach has probably done more life drawing with one sex than the other. Yeah, it's very like Dredd's like <laughs> chilling out in this picture. Which yeah. is kind of funny. He's kind of sitting on sitting mm. on like a uh, piece of, of a rubble like around these dead bodies and stuff. But yeah, very, mm. very – starts very I, – I mean, to me, this feels very David Roach just because I feel like David I, – when I, when I think of David Roach, he's drawing like action ladies going around doing things. Yes, you know? and their hair is definitely always billowing in the wind. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wild hair, like yeah. maybe a jacket, like otherwise very tight clothes, etc. There are some pages here where it might be – it looks a bit like he's taken a porn mag and colored it in to put clothes on. <laughs> if I can be – if I can be so bold, <laughs> certainly possible. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. We we start uh, and like you said, very David Roach opening as this lady who appears to be grayscale, which is kind of like, mm. weird to be. I guess we're we're in color, but she's kind of yeah. I wonder if he didn't do the coloring himself. He just did his usual kind of his usual kind of grayscale pencils, and then someone else colored it for the special. It definitely could but be it hard say. to tell. We're yeah, we're just we're yeah. we're, in a, we're in a weird coloring period as, mm. as we haven't. No one started crediting colorists yet, for sure. Yeah, um, she's very purity brown esque as well, just based on on what I've seen of David. Of, uh, yes, Roach. yeah, yeah, um, from that, from Nemesis from, Eight, from, yeah, from, from from Nemesis. But she's running from a bunch of other gang members that have been killed, and Dread sort of stands around the victims and calls things into 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 control. She runs up a fire escape and tries to enter a building, but is shot in the in the shoulder and drops to the floor by Dread. He calls it in, but then sees a strange light from the fire escape and goes to investigate. Inside, it looks like we've got some zero G gorgeous ladies of wrestling stuff going on. The glow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, a ref announces the rules. Yeah, ooh, it's a two. It's it's a two fall bout. That's interesting, but um. <laughs> Is that a thing? Well, 
I'd say 90% of wrestling matches are one fall, where it's just sort of, you, oh, okay. know, you go once, then you go. So so I notice it because two falls <laughs> is, a, is a thing, which is just sort of is like, that, Yeah. Well, I, that's the future. You know, you got to change it. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, just got to get these two out of three matches. That's more of like a Street Fighter thing or something like that. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, we, we get the rules and then these ladies get it on. <laughs> yeah. And it's weird because they, they hit each other, but there's also this, I don't know how this no gravity thing works, but they basically can smack each other into this kind of wall of gravity. And yeah, it, well, it's, it's a pretty cool effect that, that Roach draws for it, but it looks painful. Definitely, yeah. From, from what it seems like to me, it's like there are these spotlights coming down on them and like mm. the spotlights are zero gravity lights, basically. And so if you're like, if the light is shining on you like a, like a big floodlight, then you're in zero G. Uh-huh. If you go outside the beam of the light, then like I guess then, it would yeah. be that you lose gravity, but in this case, it means that you, you, that it hurts you. So whatever, fair enough, yeah. I guess. And like, how do you turn around and like throw a punch if you're in zero gravity spotlights? It's true. I mean, like, should we def- not ask these questions? They're definitely doing a lot of like throws and slamming yeah. into each other, but not pushing off anything, which isn't how zero gravity works, as <laughs> I understand it. Pretty sure. But we're definitely but- asking too many questions for the record. <laughs> <laughs> mostly it's just ladies in in swimsuits tossing each other around and listen yeah that's enough for me i guess like i don't know um <laughs> um they're going as dread sort of goes to find an entry find an entrance to the place he arrests a tout outside who at first i thought was a judge or something just based on his big shoulder pads but he's just oh yeah of, yeah he's got he's stolen some judge pads and he's yeah. got some spikes on his knee ca- knee pads as well yeah he's just sort of being sort of mad max tough mm. generally i guess yeah. Um, inside, he finds the anti-gravity beam and shuts it off, sending the wrestlers falling to the ground. A, a, a brief wily Coyote moment as they're sort yeah. of like <laughs> wrestling, and then they fall. Uh, <laughs> and Dred just shows up and you know shouts to everybody, "Hey, this match is over. Everyone's under arrest." <laughs> Yeah, it's like, yeah, Killjoy Dread Strikes again. No fun for you. (laughs) Absolutely not. The crime is procurement for purposes of violence. And if you want violence, the law will give you all you want for free. (laughs) The end. (laughs) The end. (laughs) It's it's very unclear to me why uh, anti-grav glow is illegal in Mega City 1, because they let people do all sorts of crazy stuff. So I'm not sure why this, this form of fighting is so illegal. It's true. I mean, it's not Unless even people like... people like it too much and they're not yeah. allowed to like things. That's what I think it is because the other big thing we've seen we've seen be banned is like bite fighting, which I think to me makes right. more sense to ban just because that's real weird. Um, yes. <laughs> like we know there's legal rest, there, there's legal robot wrestling in Mega City 1 because right. in the yeah. aftermath of the Apocalypse War, that mm. robot wrestler like, like, like took over a sector or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and be... they've got robot like a cyborg American football. <laughs> right. And yeah, 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 cyborg American football. There's various e- uh fatty contests. Like this doesn't seem yeah. worse than like somebody eating a th- thousand pounds of food, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and that was only illegal because of post war food shortages, you know? Mm. <laughs> but no, Alan Grant doesn't mind. It's like, no, Judge Dredd, Killjoy. This is yeah. the rule. <laughs> I think I mean 
I think it's yeah, just because it like this is a very titillating thing. It uh, whatever mm. wakens up the humors of the Mega City One crowd or something. Better to just close yeah. it off before they get weird ideas, you know. I suppose maybe for the judges, like the idea of watching people dressed in leather getting off on fighting is maybe they don't want to think about that because it'll ruin their own monastic routine. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, it's just like oh, you made it weird. What's going on here? Those shoulder pads look familiar, or those elbow pads look familiar. I don't like Brilliant. it, you know. <laughs> But speaking of being reminded of past adventures, as we as we recall Ooh, various little uh, Judge Dredd sports, let's go to Thrill Four Judge Dredd Story Database. <laughs> this section could just go to hell. Ultra yeah. filler. <laughs> it is, but I, for my sins, this is probably the thing, the part of this special that I went back to most as a as a boy who bought it oh, in nineteen ninety. So it had its purpose, which, you know, thanks to Barney, doesn't exist anymore. Right, right. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we had – we just had one of these in the sci-fi special, which was for another 12-page one that was for all of the uh, one-offs and future shocks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and – I mean, I said Which that, I was probably less interested in reading all of those than in reading all of these. Yeah, I mean, just for for completionist sake, I guess. Mm. Um, like, yeah, basically, this is a, a rundown of all of the dread stories from Prague Two onwards. I like that it um, it doesn't have um, a list for writers or letterers because it's just like, listen, John Wagner wrote almost all these, so don't yes. even worry about it, you know. <laughs> Although yeah. I do wish they did have notes for when someone else wrote it, I guess, just because that feels kind of like they say. Yeah, yeah, they should have done that. Like, it wouldn't have taken much effort, I guess. <laughs> no, and I think it's a bummer that like, you know, Pat Mills mm. is taken out of, of a special. I mean, because especially mm. a lot of the early dreads were, were, were written by other people. And there's some key stories that I, I think like Pat Mills should definitely get some um, attribution yeah. for. Definitely. Um, um, and it, it, yeah. this one's like it doesn't. It lists the, like the title of the story and which progs it was in and who drew it. But it also has notes for some of them with like you know first appearance of Judge Giant, first yeah. appearance of Soft Judges, this kind of thing, which is like yeah, it serves a purpose, but it's not a thrilling read. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. I mean, this it goes all the way to Necropolis, the prog six seventy three. And it's twelve pages long, and but I mean, like we, I mean, we, 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 we talked about this b- before the show as well. Just that, mm. like, this is one of these things that I, I agree, like, and I think it's a good point, an important point that if you were a new reader or you wanted to, or I mean, honestly, like, I, I feel like at the time, just complete <laughs> sets of Judge Dread were very rare, and so like, like that a person would have, and so just being able to read these titles and think about what all these char- like what all these stories are seems really cool and it, and it is again mm. like like you said uh an offline barney that someone could have a way to sort of see what what these when these stories were and stuff like that and yeah and it's got more of those like you know it takes panels from random judge dread stories and it's, they're pretty fun like you think yeah, yeah i want to see what what that's what's going on there where did that come from yeah, absolutely. And so I think that, you know, it's a it's a valuable thing. Like I'm not like as much like I'm mostly down on it as someone who <laughs> has like 2020 era like database services and don't need this kind yeah. of thing. Or I'm just kind of looking at it as like, well, this is just not a good read, though, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, uh, but it's I think this sort of thing comes up more and more with the specials. And uh, there were some free gifts that came with the prog that had like even more of these things that I treasured at the time. But yeah, definitely. I yeah, these, them. <laughs> these databases and lists of things. I mean, you mm. know, I mean, there's 
like 600 and like at this point there's like 670 or more there's almost 700 progs that's a lot you know so yeah it's hard to begrudge the, uh, them putting out ways to find where your stories are where the story you want to find is because it's daunting to just be like well let's see like i guess i'll just look in prog 100 and go onwards or something to find <laughs> this one thing you know but yeah fair enough i guess um after that there is um a page with a copyright info suge- um suggested reading for both chopper and bloodline which is something they did in the last special as well which i like actually of just like we've done the yeah. quick rundowns of these stories but if you actually want to read them yourself here's the progs to look into just more of the same stuff of like you know here's what we're talking about so you can kind of go from there um and also, one of the first, I think, just a half-page thing of Dread Ghost Mega in October. The first yeah. seeds of the oncoming magazine. Oh, man. I'm super excited. It's exciting. Yeah, yeah. Get excited. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. Absolutely. Um, then we've got just some general ads. Uh, one, the One Planet, One Comic 2000 AD ad. And then one for the New Statesman graphic novel, I guess. Um it takes us to our final story, Thrill 5, Computer Warrior. <laughs> uh, scripted by Alan Grant, art about Ron Smith, letter about Tom Frame. Yeah, and I'm guessing this is a vague riff on the Eagle story, which I've never read. So I don't know if you've read any of it. I've read, I've read like, as, as it overlaps with, uh, with the Where Eagles Dare podcast, but I haven't read a lot of other stuff. Um, um, so I've no idea if this follows the pattern of how that that comic works but mm-hmm. yeah it, yeah alan grant was probably writing that one as well so he would have known what he was doing yeah definitely I mean, this feels very uh very just sort of like early night like uh, uh late 80s early 90s computer concept at the very least mm. like um so at the uh, at the robert patterson block who i think might be a civil war general i'm i'm not quite sure i, I yeah no no help on that. There was, a, <laughs> there was a TV show called Bob Patterson, but it was in 2000 and starred uh, Jason oh. Alexander from Seinfeld. So I don't think it's that. <laughs> <laughs> but a kid loads up a video game and starts playing. And in both the game and in real life, Judge Dredd is on a law master and gets a call from control. But in real life, it's about a gamer scan being found. <laughs> Um, in the video game, Dredd, we, we see Dread rolling up. He kills a bunch of uh, of uh, crazed mutants, and these mutants are sort of bug versions of the dragon from Chronos uh, Carnival. If you ask me, just maybe about their heads, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a little bit that, and it's a little bit like the the Gila Munja, maybe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they've got it's those got a hint of them too. faces as well, definitely. Yeah. Um, um, then, and like Ron Smith, who's drawing this, he does quite a good job of like you know he's got his normal style for Dread in the real world complete with the sort of frowning eyebrows on his helmet <laughs> and then in the computer game version he kind of does a slightly more i don't know like it's simplistic like, version yeah, simpler it's, it's, it's and very exaggerated mm. of like yeah it's it it's cool because it, it it does remind me of like a video like yeah what dread would be like in a video game i guess yeah maybe not actually in this era of video games but like even <laughs> like nowadays or something like that. yeah and hopefully not in like 2109 era video games you think they'll be a bit better than this <laughs> Ah, it's true, but this might be like a re- this might be like a retro flash game or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> That's a fair point, actually. Yeah, this is not a great. It's not a. This is not a top flight game <laughs> of what we'd imagine from ninety years from now or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but so after mutants, a giant robot shows up and eventually judge death. Oh no. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> um, there's a, there's a pretty funny part where, um, after fighting judge death and onto his next adventure computer game, judge dread sees a bunch of panic citizens and he just sort of avoids them and gets bonus points because of that. Like, don't worry about those yeah. guys. We're moving yeah. on to the next thing. <laughs> <laughs> He then goes after some giant Godzilla monster that's ripping up the city. But that turns into a swarm of of smaller monsters. Oh, that's a trap. No. He deals with all those and then finally gets to the final boss, Mean Machine Angel. But as Mean Machine goes up to four, Dread bursts through the door and cuffs the kid. <laughs> You're under arrest yeah. in this illegal video game. <laughs> yeah, once again, is it? Why is it illegal? It's a game. <laughs> I think it's just, you know, it's got a bad – it's just like yeah. judges can lose in the course of it and you just can't yeah. – you can't use the like oh, – it's probably also – you can't use judges judges' likeness for yeah, commercial purposes. Yeah. Like Otto yeah. Sump got almost got arrested for that one time I remember. <clears throat> um but yeah, so uh, Dread cuffs the kid, makes him uh, makes him admit it was like that this was illegal and stuff like that. But then he hears Means taunt from the game <laughs> and goes to play it himself. But when he does, oh, his his real life skills aren't applicable to video games, and he gets beaten up. Oh no! No, <laughs> Dread is a sore loser. Just he stares harder at the game over screen than I've seen him stare at like Judge Orlock or Judge Death or something. <laughs> it's a real hard stare. Yeah. And so but he also when he gets there sees the uh the end credits and who programmed this game. And so he's like, All right, kid, come on, you got twelve months, and when I find the Bitmeg brothers, they're getting ten years each. <laughs> and the kids let off and that's how we end our special the end <laughs> there's an ad for, I, I think um I, I i know in mind here there's an ad for the uh the 20 years of batman um like video thing yeah but, yeah i've got the same holy batmania this was yeah because 1990 was when the that first Batman movie was like, that's when you could buy it on home video. So oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a big all deal. All the tie-ins were everywhere, yeah. We've seen this ad. It's a, basically just a documentary about the history of Batman. And mm. it's, it's very – like, it's on YouTube, actually. And I, I suggest maybe checking it out just because it's funny. Oh, okay. It's funny to yeah. see how, like, nowadays when you talk about Batman, it's very, like, dark, serious, grim. Like, yeah. you know, like, I just imagine – I just always you, – you, you talk about Batman. I, I always hear the other uh, theme song to the cartoon show. On like da 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 da, <laughs> you know, like like whatever. Yeah. But when you know in 1987 or whatever, when Batman, the, when the Tim Burton Batman movie came out, most of people people knew about it from the Adam West series. So you know, the then, yeah, yeah, that's that's that was my first exposed yeah. to Batman. That's, Me too. So when you hear the yeah. when you think of Batman, instead it's the na 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 na. It's a whole different <laughs> it's a whole different like tone. You know, it's yeah. Very, it's just funny to see how people think about this character <laughs> change. I guess. <laughs> and then the prog ends with a pretty good, I think, um, Dermot Power. Um, like back cover of more street slaying a minor criminal. We see a guy with a switchblade and a stolen purse, like yeah. about to go toe to toe with Judge Dredd. Who's got his days. He's a very twentieth century criminal coming up against the twenty first century cop. This guy's in a lot of trouble, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> Especially, and there's the, always people in the background who just like watch it, thinking this might be interesting. I think at least one of the one of the people in the background's a judge too, just based on the shoulder pads. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a little eagle silhouette. 
Yeah. So it's just a fun, like, yeah. you know. <laughs> and have we seen Dermot Powell before? Have you met him in the progs yet? Because he's a, he might have done a cover or two, I, but um, he's going to become like quite a big sort of dread and slain artist. Yeah, I don't, I, I, but, I believe um, he's done, yeah, maybe a cover or star scan mm-hmm. or something. The name is familiar to me, but I don't think he's done that, that, that much in 2080 yet. Honestly, especially in, in 90, we're starting to see a lot of covers by people who won't actually have a, th- do something with a thrill <laughs> yeah. for several years. For a, for a while. But um, yeah. I like Dermot Powell because he's one of the, the rare artists that read the entry that I wrote on him for the Heroes of 2000 AD and said thanks. Oh, nice. That's that's excellent. <laughs> Which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how he found it, but he did. I don't think he's worked in comics for years. I think he does like video um, video game stuff and movie design. I think that's a tra- that's career tra- trajectory for a lot of people, for sure. Mm. But yeah, but with all that said, Alex, I have one question for you now that we've finished <laughs> this Judge Dredd mega special for 1990, and that is, what are your top and bottom thrills? Oh, uh, well, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's a hard choice, but not for the good reason. <laughs> um, you know, there's three stories that are all fine, but none of them are kind of setting the world on fire. Um, and I think, I think I'm going to give top thrill to Computer Warrior. Just because I really like Ron Smith's kind of two-tone artwork, and just mm-hmm. a, there's it's a really old joke, but just like you have someone playing a video game, and then in real life the same person is doing the same things. That's <laughs> that one sequence of panels makes me laugh. Definitely, yeah, um, it's very very, so that's very a high classic future me. shock kind of thing for sure. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. Um, and I think I'm giving bottom spot to Beyond the Valley of the Ultra Vixens because I just didn't get it. It's like okay, there's people fighting and judge dread shows up and says stop now please at the end <laughs> <laughs> excellent yeah no i mean that that's super fair for sure and i appreciate you uh uh, uh sparing the actual filler for your bottom as well oh, yeah 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 you gotta do it properly <laughs> <laughs> um I think, yeah, I mean, for, 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 for the filler, I definitely say that the slang is at my bottom just because, mm. um, n- now that I, I realize that it's actually just reprinted from, uh, an, an RPG book, I'm less, um, I'm, I'm down on it, you know? Yeah, yeah, I was thinking, oh, at least in this special, they hadn't like got reprint material, but it turns out they have. <laughs> it's yeah. just reprint of the wrong thing. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah. I think, um, I think I might join you for an actual thrill with, um, Ultra Vixen's at my bottom just because it it does feel like it feels very disjointed i guess that sort of mm. especially when you think about how this char- the uh the initial character that dread was chasing wasn't even trying to get to the zero g um mm. wrestling area she was just trying to escape someplace and dread just kind of ha- happened upon it by accident seems like yeah um it seems very. It's, it seems like a, yeah. A, it's a story that that's more than a lot of others. Gratuitously, an excuse just to kind of like draw some draws some ladies flying around, sort of. Yeah, um, and you know he Roach does that pretty well, but I, I'm not sure it's enough. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, like I feel like at least like Carry On tried to um, to have a reason for it. I guess. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I think I'm gonna I'm gonna have my my top B Carry On judging. Just because it was one of these, like, I love when we get it, when I get in situations where I learn something ridiculous, where <laughs> I, 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 I open another one of these vaults of, uh, of a, of a English, um, <laughs> English culture or whatever oh. else. You know? <laughs> well, somewhere, somewhere in America, there's, uh, someone a bit like you doing a, a carry on a thon 
podcast. Oh man, I want to meet that guy. <laughs> I'm trying to understand British culture through the most bizarre means. <laughs> I mean, hey, listen, like maybe done by episode thirty, you know, whatever. Yeah. I'm not. I don't feel bad for that guy at all. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, it's such a. Uh, yeah, again, just whenever there's sort of some new thing that I learn and um, like, I don't know, I've read, like I said, I think my, I, I had read the specials when I first read the comics. So I've definitely sort of like read, read the first thousand progs or so. And there's, and it's mm. one of the things I've loved about folks listening to this show and telling me about stuff is just learning that things are actual, like insight, are, are joke, are references to things that have happened. Cause I think, Otherwise, they just sort of see it and be like, well, that's a silly thing. Like these, <laughs> these, these, pe- these people's faces all seem very detailed. Maybe they're like Cliff Robinson's friends or something like that. Like, <laughs> I don't know. You know? Yeah. So um, they're finding out. I'm excited to learn just to kind of pick this stuff up just because it's very it's it's a real it's a real fun thing I don't know I'm just like mm. I, I, I think just, there is yeah. a, just saying that it feels like there is a theme to this special which is maybe things like Judge Dread rubbing up against things that. Are, in 1990, in, in the real world UK, parents were kind of wagging their fingers at children for it. It's like, oh, you shouldn't watch Carry On films because they're sexist. You shouldn't play video games because they're naughty. And you shouldn't watch ladies fighting because that's bad. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, well, I mean, like, I mean there, there was some like, kind of yeah. thing, they were trying something with this uh, with this special, I guess. Yeah, I mean, by, by 1990, yeah, definitely. I mean, there, there had been like glow and other women's wrestling things and they're mm. sort of, you know. A lot of those things do a lot of uh, of uh, especially in this era, women's wrestling de- definitely is 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 more about titillation than athleticism. <laughs> I'd say, or at, at least strikes a balance between them. Um, that 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 would be disapproving and stuff. So yeah, I, I yeah. yeah, it's it is really interesting. You point out just that all of these thrills are about something fun happening and Judge Dredd showing up to arrest the person <laughs> for having fun. Yeah. It's an interesting message for something that's for a special that you're supposed to read, like when you're on vacation during the summer or something. Right. Like yeah. <laughs> oh, what a weird, what a weird thing. I don't yeah. like <laughs> such an odd editorial decision. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, hopefully everybody's enjoyed this show and hasn't been arrested by Judge Dredd. I suppose that's a, yes. our, our happy spot. Yeah, yeah. You need past. you need him to to break up this illegal podcast. Man, I've, listen, <laughs> he hasn't caught me yet. <laughs> As always, you can find Space Spinner Two Thousand on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, or on our podcast site on SpaceSpinner Two Thousand or Spotify. Feel free to contact us at SpaceSpinner Two Thousand at Gmail dot com. The Two Thousand Eighty Forums. Or our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages on Twitter. We're at Space Spinner 2K for everything else. Look up Space Spinner 2000. You'll find us there. Alex, where can we find your excellent blog or find you elsewhere online? Uh, you can find me heroesof2000ad.blogspot.com. Or the easiest thing I say is look up the name of a 2000 AD artist or writer or even occasionally letter and colorer that you like and the word 2000 AD. And they should come up in Google all too high up the list because more people need to, to give these guys their due. Yeah, uh, otherwise, definitely. I'm on the forums, and we're you know we're all uh, we're all getting excited about all sorts of tournaments on the forums these days. Oh yeah, yeah, there's a bunch of we, we of, don't uh, like to date these shows of of t- Titanic forum forum mm-hmm. battles about who's who's better at what and stuff like that. I'm sort of walk walking past like oh man, like I don't want to get involved in these fights. I'm just doing my podcast, whatever. Else. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Come back to us when you've read two thousand progs, man. <sighs> 
all right, like, you know, strap in. <laughs> it's going to be an <laughs> yeah. exciting day in the distant future when I've when we've done everything and I just walk walk upon the 2080 fandom like like a golden god, you know. Yes. <laughs> big 2035 energy or something like that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> anyway, come back next time as we go dream jamming and shadows. Universal Soldier learns about crystals. Armored Jerobo makes the scene. Kronos Carnival sets up its tent, and Judge Dredd is cracking up. Cooey! <laughs> All right, until then, I'm Conrad. They're Alex, and we are Space Spinner 2000. Splendid! Splendid. Splendid.